Stephen's description of convenient Christianity, which he brought to us, I don't know, a few few days ago, I find it very important when I was, when I was reading it. And I just put in two verses out there just for the sake of memory for anyone that was there. It's uh, two verses, or uh, sorry, no, one, yeah, two verses, seven and eight, of, of Haggai. So, thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways, go up to the mountain and bring wood and build the house, and I will take pleasure in it, and I will be glorified, says the Lord. The wood in question would be for building a temple, for the presence of the Lord himself, that was the purpose of it. And in those, those are the days of Darius, about 550 BC years. And the saints there were obviously were overoccupied with their own personal issues and were apparently giving little attention to the Lord's interests. I've titled this as Christ lives in me. And, but I have, what, it came, what came to me about it is I have felt like of late the lack in my own life of closeness to, to Christ. I study the Bible, I pray morning and evening and gather with the saints for communal prayer. And just as the two on the road to Emmaus, I love the scriptures. I love them. But I don't call on the Lord as they did to stay with him and sit with him. And I don't. So that I can, I can, I don't move to try and be closely, close to him. I, I move on. With my business, not recognizing that he, the Lord, he wants to continue fellowship with me and everyone else, of course. I love, for instance, I love the little passage in Revelation 3.20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and he with me. And I just love the thought of such a fellowship with the Lord, to be so close to him. But uh, I then realise I can, I don't knock very much, knocking on the door, not much. Maybe a quiet tap on the door, maybe. So I've decided here, by the grace of God, to seek to draw closer to Christ, to him. So there are some straightforward cases from the Lord himself to begin with. He says in Luke 9.23, if anyone wants to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Follow me. Deny self. In other words, get rid of the baggage, I guess, and take up his cross daily. In other words, bear with whatever things don't exactly make you comfortable. Straightforward, requiring daily following him and seeking his will and readiness to give up comforts. I think maybe Stephen's convenient Christianity. So I find like that this is a is a very radical view of Christian life. That is that very one. It's very radical that all our lives should be wholly involved in Christ's work. That's like going up the hill in Haggai. Each one must measure life, their own life, by this criterion. Follow me. I can't say more than that to anybody. I must follow him first and foremost. 
and all decisions are personal, but must be all of Christ first. And Matthew has a slightly different uh, sign to it. Uh, Matthew 10, 37, it displays a different emphasis, but it's roughly the same. Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. This is what he says. And that is certainly a very trying expectation. But in my experience, that's not wise. This isn't saying, not what the Lord is saying, but the, the impact of not of, of parents and children missing out, not giving the Lord the first place, be it in home or church or anywhere. I've, I note that it's the best thing ever for a child to be put second to the Lord. Anyway, one thing, one line nails it down for me anyway, completely. It's Paul. He says, for me to live is Christ. For me to live is Christ. That's it. And that's, means, that means Christ is my life, as he should be. And a life manifest, manifesting Christ's presence. And I feel I've got to take this seriously. I've often read that and said, that's a lovely statement. But I said, well, I have to be, take this seriously. It's not just a goal for a specially gifted saint. You know, Paul does all these kind of things. No, this is for everybody. This should be everyone's goal. Our lives should be taken over entirely by the presence of Christ. And Paul says again in Galatians 2.20, he says, I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in my body, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I love that last phrase. He loved me. He loves me and gives me and gave me himself for me. I think it's, that's, that's so lovely. That's sort of by the way almost. But I have been crucified with Christ. I'm dead, guys, whether you like it or not. I'm crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. I don't live anymore in that sense. My sins are covered. I live by faith in Christ. The, the life that I have in my body now, that is covered over by faith. Faith. Corinthians would say it this way. Because of God... You are in Christ Jesus, who, who, who became to us wisdom from God. It became to us wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, redemption. And by faith, we are wise, we are righteous, we are sanctified, we are redeemed. That's the, the loveliness indeed of Christ living in me. I'm a sinner. But Christ's life is there. And by faith, by faith, I get his righteousness. I get his sanctification. Walk by the Spirit is the second last thing I want to say. Walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Finally, 
we need to consider the work of the Spirit. Thessalonians, that seems, that seems a little bit out. And where that noise is coming from, I don't think I'm doing it, am I? No, no you're yeah. good. You're good. Okay. Uh, for this is the will of God. Okay. Uh, sorry, 1 Thess- Thessalonians. Rejoice always. He, it gives a list, basic, basically, of the completeness of the work of the saint. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the spirit. Well, there's a lovely list there of expectation for the Christian. But I just want to focus to finish there with do not quench the spirit. And by and a continuation in, in Ephesians, pray at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. And to that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. Well, I think that it needs discussing a little bit the spirit, the work of the spirit. I don't, I don't think that's very well understood. And um, I'd like to underline in particular, do not quench the spirit and pray in the spirit. It's not easy to describe the work of the Holy Spirit. Quenching the spirit is obviously something like wandering off into, into your own thoughts and ideas and following the course of prayer as you think it or I think it should be followed or something like that. Praying in the Holy Spirit means that we depend on a leading by the spirit because we don't know what the Lord wants us to pray. Rick, I would take up as an example, actually. I'm not trying to flatter him now, because I, but I kept this in mind. Rick gave an ideal example of this recently when he said that when preparing a sermon one day, he found himself blank in thought. I think that's what you said anyway. But as he waited, he had the lovely blessing of an awareness, an awareness in his spirit of what he should preach, led then by the spirit. This is what it means to pray in the spirit. And this kind of praying in the, in, the, in the spirit, it can sometimes come immediately or it might meditation or prayer for a leading by the spirit. And that's more or less, there's only one other thing I would say quickly, I don't know if I'm running over my time now, but I, I live in a rural area and I see sheep. I'm not a farmer, but I know them, I see them all the time. And there's, there's something in the sheep, you see, which, which actually is, is very, is very uh, helpful. They, 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 f- they have several stomachs. I don't know how many stomachs they have, but they eat grass and they sit down and they lie down and then the grass comes back up again. And I always think to myself, that's meditation because you don't just eat something, gobble it down and go away. They don't. Sheep don't. Nor, nor the cows, as far as I know. They, you eat, but... You come again and you digest it again and again. So that's more or less it. And I just, I just have a line of a hymn there, which I think is along these lines. I am thine, O Lord, I've heard thy voice and it told thy love to me. But I long to rise in the arms of faith and be closer drawn to thee.